afternoon, good morning, wherever you're listening to. Um, my name is Lou Follenkamp. I'm a physical therapist. Uh, this is the first episode of The Lab. Sitting with me here right now is uh, Alex Trotter and Brandon Weirig. Did I get that right? First time. Sweet deal. All right, so uh, I guess the purpose of this podcast is just kind of to be, a, I guess, a series of interviews and discussions with some up-and-coming leaders in the field of sports medicine and performance. Uh, what we're going to do here today is just kind of have a little bit of background into kind of each of us and just kind of give everyone a little bit of a, I guess, kind of a snippet into why we wanted to do this and uh, where we plan on going. So I guess leading it off right now, I guess, would be me. Uh, just to kind of reiterate, my name is Lou Follenkamp. I'm a physical therapist. Uh, I'm also a strength conditioning coach. I have my CSCS as well as my CrossFit certified uh, certification level one. Um, I'm also an orthopedic or board certified orthopedic certified specialist. I've been a PT for about five years, uh, played rugby in college, you know, had my fair share of injuries and been through the process of, you know, always trying to better myself. Uh, kind of started, I guess, back in sixth grade, had that first, you know, go at the Arnold Classic and got hooked and haven't looked back since. Um, always had a lot of fun with training and just kind of finding where I could go next. Experimenting with a few different styles. Uh, then I find these two goofballs, and it's just been more fun since. So I guess I'll kind of pass it off here to Brandon. Yeah, my name is Brandon Weirig. I have a bachelor's degree from Bowling Green State University in exercise science and a minor in food science and nutrition. Kind of just was always a fitness junkie in high school. And then kind of took that into college, didn't really know what I wanted to do at the time, was bouncing around from what I wanted to do, and I never really pictured myself quite as a college athlete, but I've always kind of viewed myself as, as the coaching side of it. Watching my, uh, my dad coach basketball since I was four or five years old, he always kind of had that coaching influence on me, so that's kind of why I got into in coaching, watching him do that. But uh, I've been doing this for five years. Speed and uh, strength is kind of my, my specialty with more of a focus on the speed portion of it but uh yeah that's mine <laughs> uh i'm alex uh trotter um i got my degree in business from the university of toledo so me and brandon are kind of rivals when it comes to the college aspect of it um just like brandon said i've been pretty much involved in sports uh like majority of my life um my dad was real big into fitness when we were growing up so he always had us on, you know, chicken and rice and all this other stuff, even growing up. So it was kind of just like a part of my life. Um, it was always fitness oriented, fitness focused. Then uh, in college, uh, originally was going to go to college for football. Um, that didn't work out because of grades. So as a coach now, I very much uh, harp on grades <laughs> when it comes to the kids. Um, just to, you know, so they know from experience, I guess, or from somebody personal that did fail that uh, they don't have to go down that road. Um, and then uh, I'm a coach now, uh, with no name athletics. So I have a uh, certification in the West side uh, methods. Um, and uh, I've been doing the powerlifting thing for seven years now. Um, and then coaching just off and on uh, about three years now. And then found a home here with uh, no name and, and over a year, we've been working on stuff, and um, and Brandon gel very well as far as the strength and conditioning portion of it. 
Um, we blend the two methods together. Make sure we're always putting the kids first. So that's a little bit about the three of us. Uh, so what our goal for this podcast is really to kind of bring some of our expertise to, a, I guess, a wider audience, and especially with some of the kids and patients, what have you, um, that we already have is just kind of, I guess, record some of our knowledge so that they can kind of come back to it if they would ever want to. Or maybe if someone's looking for something, maybe we're what you need. Um, in terms of some of the topics we'd probably end up covering, um, maybe a little bit of maybe uh, training programs, maybe some of the different things that we see in terms of compensations, um, especially in terms of like, you know, different levels of athlete. Um, no one can train the same. Everyone's a little different. Um, but also some of the things that maybe inspired us to go from athlete to coach. Uh, I know we've had a lot of kids that were asking us about this, and so we wanted to kind of not just make ourselves available in person, but make sure we have this to basically look back on. Uh, so I guess what I'm going to start doing now is just kind of going a little bit more deeper here with Brandon and uh, Alex as to, I guess, what kind of drives you day to day to be a little bit better, whether if that's training, maybe that's bringing some form of coaching material you know, into the gym or maybe even with a training partner. Uh, what would you say would be like, I guess, what makes you wake up in the morning? What makes you tick? Um, I guess, Brandon, we'll start off with you. I'm pretty easily motivated. I could just wake up and read a, an Instagram quote and just I could be ready to just run my head through a wall. And that's just kind of how I've always been. <laughs> I mean, I've, yeah. I've been the fat kid. I've been picked on. I mean, that was a motivation. I've been the scrawny kid that could run a lot of miles. I've been picked on for being too little. So now it's just kind of like how I take that anger or whatever and just put it towards whatever I want to focus on. I feel like I can just whatever, if I want to be good at something, I'm going to drive my wife crazy until I, <laughs> <laughs> until I achieve that goal. And uh, that's just that's how my mindset has always kind of been. I'm pretty, style. Yeah, I'm pretty easily motivated. So I think that's, it's a good and a good and a bad thing, I guess. That's pretty fun. Depends on how hard or how stubborn I want to be with it I guess so that's probably why I wake up every day I just want to I hate the word average and normal like those two things are just like I can't stand and I just don't want to be those thanks man that's pretty awesome I got your Ricky Bobby going on there I wake up in the morning I'm ready to go through a bowl very nice alright Alex I think I'm the only person that calls you Alex for those of you who don't know it's yeah. Trotter yeah It'll get flipped back and forth, depending on how professional we're going to be this episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same way. It's always been more of a, uh, I guess, a healthy obsession, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know really when it started. Um, it was probably more along the lines of high school, where I always wanted to be like the example. So I never wanted to, like, ever have anybody tell me or, like, look at me and know that, like, oh, he just has, like, good genetics or, like, he just doesn't actually work hard. Like, I always made it a challenge for myself that even when we were running sprints, I wanted to be first one, you know, or try to get back to the line, like, before anybody else. And then that kind of just carried over to, like, the the rest of my life. Um, I always wanted to be good at, like, building relationships with people and wanting them to know that 
you know, no matter what, at the end of the day, like they have somebody that they can fall back on. And I think that's also been like my downfall too, because I, I take on too many things and then all of a sudden I just get crumbled, you know? So <laughs> spread thin. Yeah. And I know like, you know, like Brandon said, like with the wife and stuff, like my wife very much catches the shit end of the stick when it comes to that, <laughs> you know, cause I mean, heck, like right now I'm waking up at two thirty in the morning. I'm driving hour and 15, hour and a half to a gym. We train just balls of the walls for an hour and a half. And then I drive back and then, I'm exhausted, but I got to go to work. So, you know, then I'm working anywhere, depending on you know how long me and you stay here, you know, 12 to 13, 14 hours that day, wake up, do it again. But I don't know. I just, I always wanted the, the kids to see that, uh, like what it takes, I guess, or like what that level is of commitment just to get to that next step. And, uh, I'm a, I'm just a big believer in, in people that have done it before me that I just trust them more rather than, you know, I'm not going to listen to a dude that can't squat 315 on, on him to tell me how to squat a thousand. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. You know, just like you're not going to listen to a fat kid. on tell you how to run fast. It's, it's not going to, translation just isn't there. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. So what would you guys say would have been like the turning point where you were like this, this is what I want to like, what would you say, like, got you, like, immediately hooked? Like, I want to make this, like, my commitment to make these kids better. When you were, like, either if it was as an athlete, when maybe you didn't have that coach. Maybe you had that coach that inspired you to do that. Uh, maybe you had a friend who, like, I don't know. Like, for me, example, um, growing up, I always had, like, really great friends to be around. Uh, good influences have you. But then I was, like, you get to college, and then you kind of have that, way you could either you know party all the time and you know basically not care about your grades or you could you know put your nose to the grindstone and put yourself into what you want to be for the future and uh ended up finding rugby actually was going to UD and I was hoping to play football and then that didn't end up working out ended up playing rugby instead met a bunch of great guys nose to the grindstone kind of guys you know from all kind of aspects of the world um just wonderful to be around, made you feel like you were a better version of yourself, but the best thing that I had, I had a roommate, his name was Michael Amthor, who <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a guy more excited to run in my entire life, and I hated running, he hated lifting, so we made it work, so we would have what we called our old man workouts when we were seniors, and it was just so much fun, but it made me want to get up and do everything, every single morning, we, we did our homework together, everything, it was a lot of fun, uh, so I guess what was your guys's turning point or what really pushed you to be that better person I was in high school in a study hall class and you know they had the stack magazines uh rapper to always get like new stack magazines every month I'm just flipping <laughs> through the stack magazine and you got like guys at the time like Braxton Miller and like that big Ohio class Ohio State class and flipping through it and they were talking about like the NFL Combine and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, I want to do that. I want to train people to do, get ready for the NFL Combine. But my buddies are sitting there like, dude, you're wasting your time. That's, that's, you're never going to achieve that. You're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. And I was like, all right, watch me. And then uh, when I was college and after I graduated college, a year and a half into my career, I was already training four or five guys for the NFL Combine. So I mean, that's just that, awesome. that niche is like telling me I can't do it, so on and so forth. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, you're never going to, Run your own place. You're never gonna own your own gym. Three years later, did that. So it's 
then and now it's just the kids, man, the connection you make with these kids and the bonds you make with the kids. I mean, if it was all about proving haters wrong, I could have quit this game a year <laughs> and a half in. You already so did it. Yeah. It definitely, the, the goals definitely change and things like that, but that would probably be the, the reason I kind of awesome. went this way. Awesome. Kind of giving back to the community that kind of basically brought you here. Yeah, and, and AJ was one, one of my first big combine guys, so we, uh, that's awesome. Two guys from the, the cross county conference, you know, D7 football, <laughs> chasing, both of us at the same time chasing this dream. It's like, man, this is kind of wild thinking about it, but. Oh, stars a lot. We're, uh, we're doing all right for ourselves. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, kind of just to piggyback off of that and expand upon it more. It's just, it's always wanting to prove like people wrong and, and prove that next thing. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I always just translate it to like, you know, working out and stuff. Like once you set that goal, you have an idea or a plan and you make little jumps to get to that number. And then all of a sudden you hit that number and you're just like, oh shit, like now what? Like I gotta go get a new goal. So you just reset that one and then, I uh, I started noticing that like the more that I would read about training or just get like a more of a base knowledge of it, the more like I just naturally started to try to help out others as well, and it, it turned into like me never wanting to be like that big fish in a little pond. It was like as soon as I became like close to the top dog, if you will, like I was searching for a new new person to go and chase, whether that you know is from like the internet that I've never even met, but it's like, oh, I, I can do that. So just to like constantly have something to chase and something to strive for. And then, cause you never know like who, who's doing that with you. And you always want to expand that gap and, and make them chase that little extra long, a uh, little bit longer. But, and that's how I feel like with the kids now, you know, like all of us were ex- exceptionally stronger i guess than all these kids but like they just they just don't understand it yet that it it takes time Mm -hmm. like you know most of these like 13 14 15 year olds don't realize that their entire life from the time that they were born i've been working out and i you know (laughs) what i'm saying like i'm just showing my age here but like to try to get them to grasp that that it doesn't come overnight you know if you can add 60 pounds to one lift in a year stack that 10 years that's fantastic you know yeah, it's it's incredible, and those newbie gains like they slow down as you get older and as you get higher in your human capacity. But to push that envelope and just to yeah again be that example for the kids and, and show them like human body can do amazing things. If you put your nose down and you just keep working. Before you know it, all your goals if you fit, and then now, you know, now what? Yeah. Chase something else. Great changes. Yeah, like yeah, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. The PRs are nice, but when you're getting yeah. into your late twenties, early thirties, yeah. and you get a PR, man, that just hits different. Yeah, you gotta work extra hard to get that. Yeah, that's definitely true. But I like the aspect of like, kind of like what you were saying. You know, you almost gotta find that rabbit. And I think the addicting thing is that once you find that rabbit, you keep finding that next one. Once you overcome that, one thing about seeing the kids though is that. You see them go from being that rabbit to creating a monster. Yeah. And that is probably half the fun. Yeah. Or just wa- watching them experience that first, like, 
you see the oh shit moment in their eyes where they find, they look at the bar and they're starting to understand like okay this is getting heavy but then like watching like females for example in in my opinion like when they bench 135 for the first time like 1% of the women's population can do that you know or like they probably 1% of the women's population can't squat 225 we have high school kids that are doing that you know and just to like just to watch them realize it and just like they light up and like we're just like making a bunch of noise and hyping them up you know Mm -hmm. like it's just it's a feeling that i hope that they never forget subtle changes like that too like all of a sudden like you're you're walking across the mirror and like you'll notice them like stop and kind of like (laughs) check something out clothes start kind of changing like all right they used to wear these big baggy t-shirts and now all of a sudden they're like starting to tighten up the the lemons are coming out (laughs) you know it's so yeah. it's a wave's coming for them, and it's exciting to watch. And how they walk, how they walk, they, how they present themselves, yeah. you know. And you can see it on the court and on the field. It's yeah, just like it's... I, they they know that they're one step ahead of their their opponents, and they just like like shark in the water. That confidence build. Mm-hmm. That confidence. Build. So I guess when you start seeing those kids who are building up that confidence, they're getting. Maybe, I guess, I don't know if you guys have experienced this yet in the, in the gym, but that almost too big for their britches, you know, they stop being respectful to the coach. They know they're making progress. How do you guys go about kind of, I don't necessarily want to say reining them in, but how do you go about redirecting that, that energy into a more productive manner? We do a, a pretty good job of humbling kids, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be through a little smack talk I guess we could say, or there's always, we have some good alphas in here that are pretty humble. I I, I honestly say that. Um, yeah. That can easily just put them in their place. Yeah. So, I mean, having some of the kids like that in the gym definitely help. Uh, and a lot of it is, is you're, you're getting good and certain aspect okay you're getting good in the weight room you're getting good at these closed chain drills mm-hmm. let's see if you can do it on a basketball court can you do it on a football field can you do it on your sport yep when you when you can show me that you know, i'll let you have a little swagger but until then <laughs> i'm i'm going to keep you in your place yeah. so, gym results are one thing yeah on field results completely different mm-hmm. yep absolutely and and i think it's good just to kind of let them have that confidence let them have that swagger because I, I would rather them fail inside the gym than fail in life. Yeah. So, like, you know, when when you got a couple kids that are just on one and they're just shit talking and saying that, like, you know, oh, watch, watch how fast I move this weight. Okay, cool. Put more weight on. <laughs> you know? And, or like, uh, they're just like subtle shit that we'll do. You know, the, the kid will like... <clears throat> Just earlier this week, I'll say, kid was deadlifting, couldn't budge his weight off the floor. So then we just picked it up and we moved it over to like make it in the middle of the platform. And just that little subtle subtleness of it is like, just remember like where you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's there's always somebody like faster, stronger, like better than you. But you you just gotta like you it just you should just teach yourself to like work that much harder you know because just in life just like in anything else outside of sports like there's going to be times in your life where 
the person gets a promotion that doesn't deserve it. But how do you respond to that? It's the same thing. You know, you're going to get that one player that gets all the recognition but doesn't necessarily deserve it because they don't work very hard. How are you going to respond? It can either shut you down or it can just motivate you more. Like the uh, the influential speaker uh, Jordan uh, Peterson. Peterson, I think he says it the best, man. You got to create monsters and then make them discipline monsters. Yep. I think that sums up. Yeah. Absolutely. Like life, but athletes. Yeah. Like can have the ability to throttle somebody, but mm-hmm. and you hold it back, yep. type of thing. Yep. Redirection of your mm-hmm. efforts. Yep. So in terms of, um, I guess, your own aspirations with being a strength coach, what would you guys want to see in, like, let's say, like, the next two, five years? Where do you guys want to be? What do you want to do? I just, I just want to grow. Um, never going to stop chasing that dream. I, I want to make sure that, not just grow, but make sure that we can keep producing the same results that we're doing on a higher scale without having to uh, give up certain some like some of that uh, like one-on-one time with the kids yeah. type thing you always want to have that nice athlete to ratio trainer type thing you know a lot of that's just you can teach other coaches our philosophies our ways of training all the science stuff behind it but can you teach a person to be a people person, stuff yeah. like that. So, that I mean, quality. that's that's definitely something uh, I would like to get into. Like, we have this awesome internship program we started up. We have a lot of, in, like, we have a ton of interns. Yeah, we have two or three, like, exercise science-based interns that were yeah. great. Kids connected to them on an on a awesome level. I felt like it took me forever when I was in my internship. Yep. felt like it took me almost the whole summer to, <laughs> to connect <laughs> with these you kids. You really? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Fresh out of college, moved to a new state, didn't know anybody type thing, and it seemed like it just took me a little bit. But these kids, these guys just came in, connected to them. Awesome. So that was awesome to see. But that's probably my biggest thing is growing, but on a, a good scale. Say not lose what kind of brought you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I agree with that. Um, you know, we, I think we definitely have the capability of bringing – you know, 40 plus kids in for a class, but like the, the risk to reward in our opinion and our vision on that is it's too high. So, you know, cause like, <clears throat> I, I don't ever want these kids to feel like they're just another number, you know? So like one, once they graduate, then like, fuck them, you're not our problem anymore. You know, like, I, and I think we do a great job of, keeping in contact with the kids and and just being on that personal level of just checking in on them and just seeing how they're doing. Not really necessarily asking them about sports, but just making sure their heads are all right, you know, life's going okay, they need anything. You know, we can't provide a ton, but you know, just little stuff like that just to keep the relationships going because you never know who they'll know and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But Sometimes they need that, that reach out, that hello, you might not. It's like, Sometimes people don't have a great support system, so the fact that even if your strength coach is willing to go out of his way and yeah. say that, that, that means a lot. I mean, and there's, there's definitely a lot of kids that I think need that, and I don't think they ever get it. That can be really hard on them. Um, well, 
for us, I, I wouldn't really say sports have gone away from us. Yeah. I mean, of course, we don't play like we don't play the football, the basketball, like the stuff. No. But like the the aspect is still there, and some of these kids that are either graduated from college, go on, start their jobs, or these kids that end their high school careers that go on to college, and like that's that's it gone. And yeah. Some of them just don't know how to deal with the post athletic life. Yeah. So it's, filling filling that yeah. hole. So it's it's definitely sounds like that. Like we had probably six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids that. They didn't. They went on to college, but they didn't play sports. But they would still come work out in the summer just because I mean, this is yep. not a gym; it's a home. And these kids mm-hmm. are fresh relievers, things like that. So yeah, yeah, just time away. Yeah, you know, just to give them back to a routine and see familiar faces and stuff like that. Yeah, it's always good to catch up with the kids that have left. I think that's definitely one of the fun things in regards to like, even though I'm not like over where you guys are at all the time. Uh, even when they come in to work out with you guys, even even if they've been a patient, they'll come over, pop in, say hey, and they're gone. Yep. And that I think has been one of the coolest things. Just I mean, I mean, being a PT, being over here, I mean, I don't get to do like you know the flashy stuff. I like having the aspect that I can take them from here, bring them over to you guys, and it's like you just see that on their face, they just light up, and that's probably one of the funnest things. It's like, and I guess really one of the the awesome things that I'm allowed to do here is I have the chance to take kids and bring them back to what they want to do, what they love to do. And, that's and I think that's one of the awesome opportunities that we have here is the fact that, I mean, just for an example, I, I, I've been in multiple clinics throughout this state and area, and I think one of the hardest things is having uh, a young athlete, someone who's been out of their sport, out of their element for a little bit, and kind of what they identify with. Um, and like you were saying, Todd, are they filling that hole, like that hole when they have that injury? All of a sudden, it's like they don't know what they are, who they are, and what they can do. Um, so the fact that I've now found a place that they can go to, or like they've already had a place, and now they can get back into it, is just fantastic. Because I didn't have that back in the old clinic that I was in, but now that I'm here, um, it's just been a nice and almost seamless transition into what they need. That, that bridge is way closer than what? Even I expected in college. Because when I was yep. in college, I'm like, getting good athletic training, getting good physical therapy. Like, no, I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want to yep. deal with the injured people. I don't want to deal with, you know, the elderly people. I don't want nothing to do with that. Because we went to like, exercise science. Like, we talked maybe one chapter was out of rehab. That was yep. it. And then finally get you guys in here in the same building. It's like, this is pretty yep. much the same thing on a smaller scale. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one the, which is one of the reasons we're starting this whole podcast is kind of, Close that gap between physical therapy and strength conditioning, and and I think it helps there. that the the kids know that like we've been there and done that. You know, they can see the scars on our bodies. You know, like, and I always give the kids a choice too. You know, like you can either do this incorrectly, and this is probably the the road that you're going to go down, or you can just correct it now and bite the bullet, do all the rehab stuff, do it correctly, build your way back up. Then you don't have to deal with this anymore. Like hard pill to swallow, especially when you're a teenager. Been there, done that. <laughs> like, please just learn from my mistakes on this one. <laughs> uh, I definitely think that's it's nice to see that you guys take those those subtleties, those I guess what some people would say baby steps. Maybe not even baby steps. You know, the essential steps, I should call it, where 
some people want to go right into you know heavy lifting right away, but they might have like the absolute most atrocious form ever. But what I love to see is like you guys actually talk to the kids as if they're human beings, and you know get to know them, and then you take them through the process of not just you know teaching them how to load themselves properly, but then also teaching them the why. I mean, I could tell you how to squat right until the cows come home, but if you don't know why you're squatting in that manner, then it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think like well, I didn't have anything like this what I do now and in high school and you know now we we post kind of our workout videos and like how much weight we're moving and things like that and it's like you tell these kids like listen like you said read your ass do the uh, drop the weight do the form correctly even with dropping the you're already 60 70 pounds heavier than what I wasn't doing at your age and yeah so you know just yeah progress slowly get there it'll come I mean all of a sudden like you get that form down you know you might take a, a 25 to 50 pound jump just on the correct form yeah. So we we almost had a kid hit a hundred pound yep. on squat. Mm-hmm. Been here thirty months, four months, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, and it's it's because he he was willing to take that step back, correct all of his weaknesses, and then just hammer them. You know, I mean, that's a lot of this stuff is so boring, but like you have to build <laughs> that foundation. You know, still building that foundation. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, you're you're always gonna find a new weakness, no matter mm-hmm. what point in your career or how heavy you're lifting. There's always gonna be something that you can fix. You're gonna have to regress and, and attack it head on. Yeah, and I think we do a great job of explaining that to the kids as well, like letting them know, hey, probably if you were to make this jump, you'd lose your upper back on this squat. So you have rows today. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just jump ahead of this and just and it's yeah. Kind of the thing where it's sometimes I get greedy too. Yep. All right. You, you hit a five pound PR. Yep. Take the win. Move on. Yep. Instead of making another fifteen pound jump and failing, because that's what you're going to remember. You're, yep. You're not going to remember you just hit a five pound PR, but you're going to remember that you just hit, took that jump and you failed. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, kind of refocusing on that little victory, taking that five pound, because like you were saying before, you keep adding five pound PRs. How many weeks? Going to add up big time mm-hmm. at the end of the year. It, it's just hard to thank yourself in that mentality, though. Yeah. And I kind of give the kids the option. You know, if they're feeling themselves and that bar's feeling super light, go for another one. I'll spot you. <laughs> like, I'll be realistic with you. Like, you know, I, I do it pretty pretty often. Like, hey, we could probably go 10-5. It'll be a grind. You might be able to get it. Or you can take a 5-2.5. I know for sure you'll hit it. Mm-hmm. Your choice. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's your life. Like, I, I, can, I can guide you to the watering hole. I can't tell you to drink it. You know, or have yeah. force you to drink it, I guess. And that's almost like instilling that confidence in them too. I had a I had a friend who I I did not honestly think that I had hit like I think it was three sixty five on a front squat, and to me it felt like the heaviest bar I've ever moved. And my friend looked at me and he goes, "Dude, you need to ride the lightning. Go." So I went up another five pounds. Ended up hitting three seventy. I was like, "Okay," went up again, hit another. So I just kept doing it until eventually I just decided, you know. I, I think I'm good at 395. <laughs> I don't think I need to go up anymore. But it's just that, that confidence, but also the, you know, when to push and when maybe not to. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Um, so in terms of upcoming episodes and what we're going to kind of look into, um, we'll start maybe having interviews with some additional speakers, maybe some of the other coaches at uh, no, Man, no Name Athletics when they uh, return home. Yeah. Uh, maybe even bring in a few... Uh, others as well um but in terms of the next episode 
probably going to take a look at what you guys see as the biggest weaknesses or imbalances when an athlete walks through your doors and what you guys kind of plan on doing in that very first session with them. But we can kind of get more into that the next time. But I uh, just wanted to say thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you have any topics you want us to cover, please leave a comment uh, either here on the video or uh, message one of us on Instagram. Uh, also, like this video, subscribe to the page, and add us to your notifications. Thanks, guys. See you next time.